Okay, Ron. Thanks so much. In the, the study tonight, believe it or not, in wisdom with uh, Jack's workman's interlinear that we started a long time ago was study 165, and uh, we're in we're in Titus. Uh, skipped over Second Timothy three studies ago. And we're going to do Titus and then go back to, to Timothy. Might, uh, might get into, uh, Jude, but, uh, Seed Man, he done a, a, a good study on that, so uh, it's just a short deal, so I don't know that we'll do that again because he, he did a good turn on that one. So, uh, but we're going to start tonight with, uh, verse 6 and, uh, see if we can get up through, uh, 7, 8, or 9, how far ever we get to go. <coughs> but, uh, going back to verse 6, we're going to do it like we've been doing. We're going to do it in the King James. Version and then we'll read my notes and, and then go to Jack's, uh, notes and study on it and, and look at what he had, uh, left for us to look at. And, uh, that gives us a pretty good view of what we're studying for sure. And, uh, <coughs> I, I, I've enjoyed, uh, doing this for these, this great long time, but nevertheless, you know, we, we go back over a lot of these verses of scriptures and looking, looking through them again, but still, uh, it, it never hurts to bring them up again and in your mind and in your thoughts because it's, it's kind of like going over plowed ground. You always see something new as you go there. So, Paul says in verse 5, and I'll just read 5 to get into 6. It says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest said in order of the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. So we find that Paul had a, had appointed uh, Titus uh, on the Isle of Crete. And we talked about how big it was. It said it's about 140 miles long and about 50 miles at the widest point. So pretty good little area that he needed to cover while he was there, I guess. So uh, we'll get started with verse 6. And it says in verse 6, If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly. So, Paul don't waste any time with Titus telling him uh, what these uh, uh, what these elders uh, were supposed to take care of or be in charge of and for one thing they 
really need to be in charge of their own family. If you're going to be have a a, a seat in in uh, dealing with God's people, you certainly need to have a seat at home that's this controlled well. And so this is this is what we're looking at. So I'm gonna read my notes here. And it says, if any man be blameless or unaccused, uh, that's what blameless means, basically, the unaccused, the husband or the aner, and that's a honor, honor, honorable title. If you look at Appendage 123.2, that's what it says a husband is. He is known as an aner. Of one wife, having faithful children. And so if you go to appendage 150, uh, dash three, it means to have true children or those children that are true to your teaching and your belief. And it says, not accused of right or unruly within within the family rule there. So uh, that's, uh, that's the groundwork of verse 6. There is to be blameless, the husband of one wife, having true children or faithful children. And not accused of anything in wrong in the order of wrongdoing within the family, and then uh, then we got Jack's uh, point coming down from the Koine Greek, and then the Koine Greek in verse six. Down into the English, it says, If anyone is unimpeachable of one wife, husband, children having belief, not accusations or dissoluteness or insubordinate. So you see there, it's a little different, but yet it still basically is the same thing. And then, all down into the more modern English says, if anyone is impeachable of one wife, the husband having faith children, not in accusation or dissoluteness or insubordination. So that's the way it comes out from the English through the coin A into what we have. And it said the person to be given a leadership role should be unimpeachable. This is Jack's notes. That is, he should not be justly accused of a breach in practice as to impugn his leadership and teaching. There are varieties of teaching concerning the one wife by various reputable scholars. They were in those days believers who had come into the body with more than one wife from their past religious and cultural lives. 
certainly these folks would not be eligible to lead fellow body members into deeper lives. The children of these elders must be the children who have believed in his leadership and manifested that belief. They should not have been accused of diluteness or insubordination with uh, with reasonable cause. And so we only have a, a kind of a little short list to deal with this. There's two places in First Timothy and one in Luke 15.3. So let's go to Luke 15.3 first. And uh, and look at Luke 15. Okay. What did I say? Six. Luke 15, 3 to 5. I am one page off, I think. Two pages off. Okay. <clears throat> Luke 15.3. It's on page 14.79, and it starts with the third verse on that page, and then the rest of it's on the next page. And he said, And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, and if he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he's found it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. So, you know, if you got one straight off, it is a wonderful thing to get it back, evidently. So, uh, this is the uh, part of the story, or the parable here. And then we're going to look at uh, 1 Timothy. We're going to go back to 1 Timothy. First Timothy three one through four. Three one on page eighteen oh two. You got a companion Bible. And it says this This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. That sounds like something that we just read. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So here is a, 
a little more uses of these words uh, that we find in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 4. And, uh, and it says, uh, not given to wine, not striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. Now that is First Timothy 3, 1 through 4. And then you have, you go to First Timothy 5, And uh, well, boy, we spent a long time in First Timothy five, and we're just going to read. Uh, we're going to read seventeen through twenty, and so it it's on two different pages. Do it's on page eighteen oh five and eighteen oh six. 17 through 20 of chapter 5 of 1 Timothy. It says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox, that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. And we spent a little time on that before when we was was there. But let's read 19 and 20. It says, Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sin rebuke all that others also may fear. Now, I had a little concern about that when I looked at verse 18 when we went through this. And all of a sudden he's talking about, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn. And there's a reason for this because this is scriptural. It has been written down before because this this is a uh, quote. And if if Paul and Titus was dealing with those that they call the circumcision, those people were kind of a little bit skittish about hearing things that was not already in Scripture. I know they always wanted to hear something new, but still, uh, that's the reason that this was here. Because... If you're going to take a, an ox and put him to a plow and run it through the corn, 
How much corn is he going to eat? He might get an ear or a top out of a, a stalk every once in a while, but he, he's doing the work. Doing the work, so it, it, it's needful that he that he uh, get paid for it, just like we get paid for. It. And so that's the reason that's there, because it says, and this is what Paul said after he made that statement, and the labor is worthy of his reward. The labor, he gets his just reward while he's there and can do it. And it's not going to hurt uh top out of a stalk of corn every once in a while. So that was the reason it was put there because Paul, to say the labor is worthy of his reward, he makes the statement, well, you don't muzzle an ox when you're plowing him in the corn. And so they they could readily understand because they probably heard it several times in their life before that. But then what Paul had to say is he was making a point that the labor is worthy. Yeah, that that's a good comparison that way. So, you know, that's that's the situation with that. Okay, let's go back to verse seven. Verse seven says this. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre. So, uh, Paul is expanding on this a little bit. And it, and the the uh, verse of scripture starts off just like five did with a four f o r, and uh, the four there, and and is is called charin c h a r i n for a bishop, an elder must be blameless, unimpeachable as we have already mentioned, as the steward and administrator or a manager for God's earthly household. Not self-willed or arrogant, as we say. Not even angry, very, a very temperate person. He don't fly off the handle of every little thing he hears. Not given to wine. Uh, and that word is mino. And that means to have self-control with the drinking of the wine. No striker. And I kind of scratch my head a little bit on this and and when you look at it, and you go back to the Strongs, it says to pound, to pound, or flatten, 
or mold. Well, I, you you can pound on a kid. <laughs> you, or another, or another you can flatten the britches a little bit, and that's not ironing either. Or you can mold them to look at your point of view. Now, that's, uh, I kind of shook my head a little bit, but no striker. To pound the flat and mold, and that—that's. It's not the same word as used for brawler, is it? I've seen brawler. Yeah. I, I need to check that. I'm yeah. Looking not given the filthy lucre, uh, or and, and that would be uh, to herd uh, earthly values, because you know. Filthy lucre is what we use for exchange for, in exchange for, uh, one thing for another thing, and that's how we, we come to learn our, our values to that part. And, uh, but these, now these several, uh, verses of scriptures that Jack wants us to look at here, but let's, let's go to seven. Let me get my page turned here. And uh, and we'll see what Cornet Greek says about it. In in verse seven, down from the Cornet Greek said, "It behooves for the overseer, impeachable, to be as of God's steward, not self-willed." Not passionate, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a base game. And uh, pretty much the same thing down in the uh, more modern English version. That didn't change very much uh, from the Koine Greek. And then here's Jack's. Statement on this verse of scripture said the modern concept of a bishop is certainly far removed from scriptural actuality. There has been no record found in the first 200 years of the visible church history that separate buildings were set aside for service at all. Simply the meetings were held in the homes of the believers. The overseer or the bishop was one who was responsible for the affairs of the assembly home and fellowship. His pedestal was probably a short step from the average body member. His responsibilities were many and his character had to be spotless. And so we got one, two, three, four, five. We got six things that Jack wanted us to look at here on this verse. And we're going to start uh, with the first one back in the list. And that would be going back to Luke again. Instead of Luke 15 this time, we're going to look at Luke 16.
So, uh, we'll go back to Luke and see what we can find in the 16. Okay. Luke 16, 1 to 4. That's on page 1482. Yeah. It's on page 1482 if you have a companion Bible. 1 through 4. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be no longer steward. Then the steward said, said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I have resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship. They may receive me into their houses. So that was one through four. So, uh, you see, the man is losing his position here. And the position was of a steward or stewardship of all that the man had. So it was a, uh, a solemn duty if you was working for a fairly, uh, man with a, with a fairly large amount of property and, and, uh, animals and so forth. That, that was a, that was a large job, but, you know, like everybody else, you have to answer to someone. And so here this steward was, he, he was going to answer to his, his boss, but his boss said, well, you're about done. So let's go from there to 1 Corinthians 4. First Corinthians four. I've studied ahead and I've got a lot of <coughs> places marked in my Bible in First Corinthians four one. One page off, I think. <coughs> First Corinthians four one and two, page seventeen oh one. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the ministries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
So you see, we just read about the steward that lost his position. And he says, I can't dig and I don't know how to beg. Now he, he was kind of in a world of hurt because he didn't have very much else to fall back on. But a man that's going to be a minister of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God, he, he is looked upon as one that's faithful. Most of all, he needs to be faithful. Okay, let's go from 1 Corinthians 4 to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 25 and 26. I'm one page off yet. Yeah, here we go. That is on page 1707. 25 and 26. He says, Wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So he says, you know, talking about lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. That doesn't make you a very good neighbor if you can't tell your neighbor the truth of what's on your mind. Okay, let's go to 1 Timothy 3. And look at 1 through 4. 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 4, 1802. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. And I think we've maybe read it already. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, able to teach. Not given to wine, no striker, nor greedy, a filth or lucre, but patient, not a brawler or covetous. That might, maybe that's what a brawler is. Uh, someone who would rather fight than uh, than talk it out. One that rules well his own home, house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. So this is pretty close. First Timothy three is pretty close to Titus one. In, in the way to look at things. And uh, I think that's the reason that we keep running into it a lot. Okay, we're going to look at First Peter and Second Peter. Okay, 
We're going to look at First Peter four. I'm going to get there. Yeah. First Peter four. We're going to look at ten and eleven. And uh, that's on eighteen sixty-one. Look at 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And there that word again is manifold. And uh, manifold is a Uh, well, let's, let's just go back to one eight. Let's go back to First Peter one eight, and it says, "Whom having not seen ye love, and whom do now you see him not, yet believe, yet rejoice with joy unspeakable." And full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. The manifold is different uh, ways and means that God works to make His will come to fulfillment. It says in verse 11 of 1 Peter 4, If any man speak, let him speak. As the oracles of God, if any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, as we look at this manifold wisdom that God has put forth and how it comes to us. Uh, talking about receiving gifts. There's God gives a lot of gifts. And these gifts work in different manners and different ways to different people. Now Peter probably had understanding of some of these gifts that maybe uh, Timothy didn't have or Titus either but it speaks of itself and both of them were left in a place to where the oracles of God had been preached and they were there to keep it that way and them uh, you know, was in one place and the other one was in another place. But to speak the oracles of God or to minister, do it with the ability that you've been given. And that's the reason Paul was spelling these things out to these men that weren't with him. Neither one of them were with him when he wrote these letters to them. They were. They had been left somewhere to make sure that what had been spoken 
was still being preached and taught. And it was just pretty much that plain and simple. So uh, it gives us the understanding that uh, we're supposed to do it with the ability that God has given us. And that's, that's certainly true because uh, we're not all on the same level of understanding. Second Peter 2, 9 through 11. And it says this, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to re- reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous they are, self-willed, they that are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. In verse 11, Whereas angels which are greater in power and might Bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. Said, well, if angels didn't do it, you, you need to you need to take a lesson here, boys, and understand uh, what's going on here. That was on page eighteen sixty six and eighteen sixty seven. If we're looking at Second Peter here. Okay, verse 8. How much time we got left, Ron? Uh, 9.14. Okay. Back to Titus 1. Let's look at verse 8. Let me get in one first. Okay. And that's not very long, so we'll, we should be able to get it in. But it, it says in Titus chapter 1, 8, But a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, and temperate. And on my notes, in uh, made a pretty good uh, it, it, it seems like I added quite a lot to this but I'm not sure it said but rather a lover of hospitality a lover of God men A lover of good men. I left out a, a zero there. Things of God. Sober. Sober means right-minded or, or uh, in, in the right mind. Just. This is appendage. Uh, It means righteousness or meat. 
you know, a lot of times we use that word meat or it's used in Scripture. And that means fit under God's terms. To be fit under God's terms. Holy. With, with grace or favor. And it says sinless. And sinless is, is the point of being in a place where the purge is taking place. You know, when the angel come down to put the seed of God into uh, Mary, that place was purged just like the bush it was burning that uh, Moses saw. Moses told him, that, I mean, he was told by God, to take his shoes off. This place is holy ground. He had been walking on the old earth that was purged. But when he got to that place to where he was going to stand, God had made it clean. Because God's not going to stand and not going to be in a place where there's any sin. Sin and God just don't go together. And so we have to look at it that way. Uh, uh, being being purged away. Sinless. Meaning that the sin has been done away with at that point for that particular spot. And then the word tempered. And tempered means self-control. And I like to look at it as the new Holy Spirit rule in the life of this one. So, when you allow the Holy Spirit of God to indwell you, then you need to take the direction and the rule of that spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you because the Holy Spirit is not going to put you in harm's way that way. To be in a place where God wouldn't even show Himself. Because it was, hadn't been purged away. But when you look at it, you realize that's what Christ did for us. He purged our sins away. We should stand on holy ground. That's plain and simple. That's, that's not too awfully hard to understand. Okay. Let's go back to Genesis. We'll go through these pretty quick. We're going to go to page 11. I know I've got it marked in my Bible, but uh, Genesis 6, 11. 
Let me get down on Yeah. We're going to look at... Uh, we're going to look at 6-9. And 6-9 says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations and Noah walked with God. If Noah was going to walk with God, that place had been purged. No doubt. It had been purged and made clean. So this, this, this is what we're looking at, what we're talking about. Okay, let's go to Leviticus 24 to 27. Uh, Leviticus 20, I'm sorry. I didn't give you this. Leviticus 20. 24. 27. It said, but in the fourth year, that's on page 160 if you have a companion Bible. But in the fourth year, all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise the Lord with all. And in it, the fifth year, shall ye eat of the fruit thereof, that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I am the Lord your God. You shall not eat anything with the blood. Neither shall you use enchantment nor observe times. You shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shall thou mar the corners of thy beard. So, He's, he's giving them things here that uh, on how to eat their food, on how they need to present themselves, and the things to eat. You shall not use enchantment or observe times, not even around the corners of your beards. Uh, Or the corners of your heads. How to either shave or cut your hair. That was, that was another thing that, uh, I kind of scratched my head on a little bit. And then we're going to go from there back to Romans. And we're going to look at Romans 12. Romans 12, 9 through 15. I'm getting rid of some of these markers here. Romans 12. Okay, Romans 12, 9 through 15. And it's on page 1630, 1687, I'm sorry. It said, Let love be without dissemination. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave unto that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. 
not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Okay, that was Romans 12, 9 to 15. Yeah, that's good. Okay. We'll go from there, 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the master is temperate in all things. Now then, do it to, to obtain a corruptible crown, but we and incorruptible. So, to leave behind the things of the world and take up that which is godly. That's First uh, Corinthians. Okay, we're going to go to Galatians 5. I didn't know they were that many. Notes there. Galatians 5, 22-26. says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentle, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Here's the temperance. Again, such as there is no law. And they that are Christ, having crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lusts. And 25, and if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another or envying one another. Okay. That is Galatians. Okay, we're going to go to First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 5, 8 through 10. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. 
who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, that we should live together with Him. Okay. Again, First Timothy 3. It's just hard to get away from First Timothy 3 if we're talking about Titus 1. First Timothy 3, 2, just one verse. We've already read it. A bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. That's it on 1802 again. And then we're going to look at Titus, chapter 3, verse 8, and we'll be done for the day. Titus 3, 8. This is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. And I'll go ahead and read verse 9 because I need that for myself. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentious and strivings about the law for they are unprofitable and they're vain. And I know this. If you get involved in a genealogy, it'll grab you and hold you for a while and you you need to be looking at God's Word rather than trying to find out who was where at what and died at what day and what time and we're at. But yet, I enjoy it. But still, I realize that it does take away from what a man ought to do if he's teaching the Word of God. And I'll, I'll just say I, I, I sometimes fall a little short with that because I really do like to know who I'm akin to. <laughs> Not that it makes any difference. I can't do anything about it. But yet, it, it's intriguing because, you know, where you come from might have a lot to do with what you believe and understand. So thank you for... Uh, Being with us tonight, thank you for your love and time. And we'll stop there. And we'll pick it up with verse 9 the next time and go on. Lord willing. And learn a little bit more about it. But we realize and understand how important it was to have a good testimony. This is what we're basically talking about here, is to have that testimony that others can see and know and realize that you put time into what you're looking at concerning God's Word. Thank you for your, thank you for your time and, uh, hope that we said something that would, uh, make you think a little bit. God bless.